everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. This is an exciting episode as we break down the recruitment and enrollment of the first five-star recruit in the Gary Patterson era at TCU, Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country, uh, one of the best players to come out of the state of Texas in a long time. Folks are talking about him as the best running back to come out of Texas since the fellow by the name of Adrian Peterson. His recruitment was a long journey, and he ended up becoming a horned frog. We're going to talk about that winding tale that unfolded almost over a year, as well as break down the last 48 hours of what was going on. You got the good stuff. You're not going to find it anywhere else except right here on the Frogcast, proud members of Horn Frog Blitz, TCU 24-7 Sports. As always, I have my master of ceremonies, Daniel Southern, and our anchor, our fearless leader, the pillar of sports journalism, right behind Mac Engel, Jeremy Clark. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. It's been, it's been, I'm tired actually. It's been a long uh, 24 hours. I can imagine you're a uh, good thing you have unlimited minutes on your phone, I guess. And, yeah. And unlimited text. Yes. I bet it's been a crazy 24 hours for you. Daniel, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm um, doing pretty good. Uh, enjoying the news all day, and uh, just uh, it's 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 refreshing to have some kind of news that's not the same crap over and over for the last six weeks plus. Yeah, we're on week eight of it or week nine. I can't keep up here in Memphis. So we've uh, started to open up ever so slowly, and I'm like. Guys, go ahead. You go first. You tell me how the restaurants are. So I'm uh, just still hunkered down here at the at my house and go over to church for a couple hours every day and then come back home and work. So this news was good news. I'm with you, Daniel. This was a great this was great news to receive. It's good to get some good sports news and it's good to focus on something that clearly has our full attention. So, Jeremy, I'm going to give you full credit. You broke this story. You let the world know that Zach Evans had signed his um, academic, I mean, his financial uh, uh, arrangement with TCU and enrolled in class this morning, posted that story and broke it this morning. And then it went crazy. It was trending across the country. Sports Illustrated picked it up. All kinds of uh, different uh, news outlets, recruiting outlets picked it up. But you were the guy that had this scoop for, um, we'll talk about it here, for a couple days. And uh, we're able to break that story. So before we walk us through the the commitment, this just, I didn't even have this in our outline. What's it feel like to get so much attention for breaking the story of the the last big recruit left on the table? I mean, I can honestly say this was right up there with uh, doing the story on coach P a couple years ago, spending all day with him and, uh, and, and, and really breaking that Sonny Cumbie news a few years ago when he wasn't going to Texas. But as far as recruiting goes, this was definitely the highlight of my 15 year career doing this. I mean, it it just, it's, it's weird to say this, Jeff, but as I'm typing and, and I'm getting messages after messages, calls, my phone's just blowing up. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like a nervous kid. I'm sitting there shaking because I'm just overly excited to be able to break this news and, and people are talking about it. And I knew it was coming. As soon as I first heard that TCU was even involved with Zach Evans, I can't repeat what I said to the person I was talking to on this podcast. Um, it was a four-letter word that didn't start with S. I but. never, I've never heard those words in my life. But this <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, it, and just the 
the uh, the ability to to put it out there in the form that I did and it just really seeing different tweets and people being shocked and just being able to, to hold on to that information for really a, a good while that <laughs> it was actually almost ruined Sunday night, but we'll get into that later, but it, you know, good, good feeling for me. Good feeling for me. I mean, it, I, it, it doesn't compare with anything else I've done as far as uh, covering TCU and, and uh, from a recruiting perspective. So would you say the birth of your daughter breaking the Zach Evans news and then the birth of your son? <laughs> yeah, daughter's definitely first. Yeah, daughter's definitely first, yes. Son's third. He's, son's third. Yeah, he's, Boy's got to clean his room and make yeah, his bed. Yeah, he's made me mad here lately. So he's he's been demoted down the list a little while. Um, but no, I mean it's it it was it was great. Like I said, it just I'm sitting there topping and, and my wife comes in the office. I'm sitting there just shaking. And it's, it's, it's just crazy that it, it was me to be able to, to be able to want, be the one to break the news. I can't even talk right now, still thinking about it, but it, it was great day for me. I even posted on my Facebook, great day for me to be able to break this. And um, just, it was really good for the site and I'm, I'm just happy to be able to cover TCU. That's all I can say. That's great. Well, I'll just throw in how proud of you I am. I know you did. I know you did a Thank lot you, of sir. work. I know you sat on this and uh, had a lot of a lot of nervous energy about th- about this time yesterday. You were uh, you're kind of a mess. I love I love that you got to break this though. All right, we're gonna break this down into three or four stages because this is a this is like a Shakespearean drama about his entire recruitment. Um, I am not going to relitigate some of his um, issues. I'll let other people do that. You can find that by one Google search. We can. We're going to talk a little bit at the end about how G, uh, GP can work with a product or with a kid that's a little bit of a project or had some issues. But let's just get inside of the recruiting piece. So Zach Evans signs with the University of Georgia on early signing day, and then is going to announce that at one of the All Star games. And then backs out. He signed his letter. He sent it in. And then he hit the at the All Star game. He decides not to announce. There's a whole lot that's going on there, and it all involves the University of Georgia. So, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about what's going on in this stage because it looked like yet again SEC comes in, gets a top rated player out of the state of Texas, kind of takes the cream off of the top, and it looks as if the story was kind of done. Tell us what was going on, and then maybe how it changed towards the end there. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, up and up until March, I really didn't care what Zach Evans was doing in his recruitment. TCU wasn't in the picture. I mean, TCU wasn't even a blip on the radar. And, and I've been on a lot of shows today, and 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 people were asking me how it transpired, and it transpired quickly. I mean, this thing this thing went fast. I mean, you we all know about the list that the kids drop on Twitter, they'll do. Sometimes it's a top 13, a top 10, top five, top four. Zach was one of those kids that dropped a top 25 early on in the process. And TCU wasn't even on the top 25. That's how far out of the picture they were. And really when he uh, wasn't going to announce for Georgia and you start hearing some other schools coming into the picture like Tennessee and, and Ole Miss. And he actually went and visited those programs in back-to-back weeks in, in uh, January. I still hadn't heard anything about TCU's involvement in, in his recruitment. And to be quite honest, from what, I, what I've gathered uh, here within the last few weeks and, and really most recently the last couple of days, 
they weren't in the picture back in, in, in late January, early February. It really didn't start coming into the picture with those guys really until March. So the Frogs are nowhere as he signs and then breaks his uh, uh, NLI, his national letter of intent. So he signs with Georgia, but then somehow Georgia decides to let him out of it. So did he say, I don't want to go to Georgia anymore, and Georgia kind of complied with that? You have to have the university's approval to break your NLI. Is that correct? You have to be released. Uh, and Kirby Smart did it. He he gave him a full release with no restrictions. Basically, I and again, I I really didn't go back and, and I wasn't following his recruitment at all because TCU wasn't in the picture. I didn't care less why he wasn't going. I, I thought it was a magnificent re- re- recruitment. It was fun to watch because you never knew what turn you were going to see from one day to the next. And I don't know the exact reason why – uh, Zach Evans was released from his NLI. There's all kinds of speculation. Uh, I really haven't dove in deep to find out what is the 100% reason why they, they let him go. I just know he never he was supposed to enroll early. He never went to school early, uh, had a change of heart, and really leading up to the, uh, the second signing period, he couldn't sign anything except maybe a financial aid paper, but he really – was going to be sitting at home anyway because he had already graduated high school. So it really became uh, to a point where no one knew what he was thinking. He was supposed to take a visit to Florida in March, but COVID-19 ruined that. And it, it's just crazy how how it's all worked out. Yeah, I'm rolling through his timeline here. Great article from Chris Hummer that's on the site. That was, that was an awesome article by Chris. He's one of the national writers for recruiting for 24-7. Great article. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking here. We've got an Ole Miss visit on January 17th. We've got a Tennessee visit on January 24th. Georgia um, somehow gets back into the mix of the player that they gave their unconditional release to. Um, early A second signing day comes and goes. And – I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this here. I'm preaching a sermon series right now called "Unintended Good Consequences," which are just you know what are the unintended good consequences about um, shelter in place, coronavirus, not being able to leave your house, and doing a little biblical spin on that. I think the greatest unintended good consequence of COVID nineteen is that Zach Evans couldn't take any more trips once March hit. And he was kind of uh, had to had to remain focused and he couldn't get out of the house anymore. And that's how he somehow ended up in the frog's lap. So he has his national letter of, re- of, of intent released. He's back on the market. Everything kind of shuts down in early March. When did the frogs start to enter the picture here? Because we're we're moving from SEC blue bloods to moving down the list. God bless my friends that go to Old Miss in Tennessee, but they're moving down the list. You can you can fill in the blanks there while you think. Uh, no, all joking aside, of course. When does TCU start to show up in this? It really started in March. Uh, I, I think it was a collective effort from the coaching staff, Gary Patterson included, that really reached out and uh, just built that, started building on that relationship. And and I still really haven't figured out yet if it was TCU to, that made the initial contact or if it was Zach's uh, group that made the initial contact. So that's something that I'm, st- I'm still got to di- dive into a little bit. But it, the the way it just happened so rapidly and, and to kind of piggyback off a post I made on the on the site today, 
they began recruiting and recruiting him in March. And I didn't really hear about it until early April. And all I was told about the whole situation early on was TCU is in great shape for a kid that nobody is giving them a chance to land. And the timing of that statement to me couldn't have been just more worse timing because about maybe it's three or four, maybe a week later, Jojo Earl tweeted out that he's made his decision and he's going to be announcing soon. So I automatically assumed it had to be Jojo. It had to be Jojo. Well, when I was, when I was initially uh, told that they had a chance to land a recruit, nobody thought they would get, no matter how hard I, I pried, I, I could not get who the player was. People I was talking with, they were not revealing who the kid was. They just said, listen, nobody, nobody is giving TCU a chance to get this kid. And so, again, when I see JoJo's tweet, I immediately thought it was him. So I reached back out. I figured it out. I got y'all. It's JoJo Earl. No, you're wrong. <laughs> it's not JoJo. And so I'm I'm dumbfounded again. And I talked to a bunch of different people. And, and, and finally, one person tells me, listen, tell you who it is, but you better keep your mouth shut because this – this cannot get out. Okay. And I start getting a description. I I never get the name. No one ever told me the name. I just get the description. And I immediately said, that's Zach Evans. And person said, yep. And again, I said, uh, (laughs) can't repeat it on here, but I, I, my next statement was if TCU gets Zach Evans, it's going to send a recruiting shockwave that no one will be, prepared for it's going to be so far out of left field that the way his recruitment has just been crazy up and down i mean it's it it only makes sense that he's just going to fool everyone and go to tcu it's and that and that's really how it worked out well it was about the last four or five days here that things started to kind of wash up on the shore and you know the arbiter of all ob- objective truth in this world which of course is Twitter um, you can't keep a secret on Twitter and things started to leak out but before we heard about it from anybody before I heard about it from you Jeremy I heard it from our good friend Daniel Southern Daniel you broke the news to me and probably put Jeremy on edge that the fraud he did. We're about to put. We're about to land a uh, five-star recruit that everybody thought was going to the SEC. And of course, I immediately got on twenty-four-seven. Uh, was looking through the twenty twenty-one running back commits or uncommitted players out of the basically out of the SEC terror footprint. And I was like, it's not them. It's not them. I don't. I don't think it's him. I don't think it's him. And then you get into the four-star, but you were adamant it was a five-star. Daniel, tell us what you heard and uh, walk us through uh, what what you were feeling when you heard that. Well, that's pretty good news. So I wasn't, you know, how things get, you know, oh, I heard so-and-so. And and I got a text about 3.30 on Saturday uh, saying from from a group of TCU friends. um, And it was, you know, hey, uh, I just got word from someone who – I don't know if they're a donor or someone would know. 
and said, hey, we're going to nab a, a five-star running back from the SEC. And I was like, what? So naturally, I go to our group, the three of us, our text uh, group, and I said, hey, I heard this, and, you know, what's up? Do we know anything? Which forced Jeremy to kind of say, yeah, it's a big deal. Can't say who it is, you know, that kind of thing. And um, and so I was like, whoa, so it's real. It's not just a, kind of a one of these weird rumors because that kind of stuff goes around. We know how it is. So that's how I heard. So I was asking y'all, and I figured, like, Jeff, I figured you might already know. I hadn't been on 24-7 in a while because this whole virus thing and no sports and it stinks. So um, it was welcome news. So that's how I found out. So I was asking y'all. My first response to you, Daniel, was – Where'd you see this? Where's it at? And <laughs> as, I, as I'm texting you guys, my my fingertips start to develop sweaty ends on them because I'm just getting nervous. I can feel the beads of sweat forming on my forehead. And I'm thinking, okay, this crap is going to get out and it's, it's, it's going to hit the fan before it's supposed to. And I, I, if I came off defensive in any of our text messages, I apologize because that's not the way I was trying to be, but man, it was, it, it's one of those, uh, those recruitments that when I'm told not to say anything, and then I start hearing it from, from other people. And, Why you not, Jeremy? Yeah. So, and then, then I think Daniel, you sent us a screenshot maybe of, um, of another site, maybe a Tennessee site that was talking about it, that, that TCU had a legitimate shot at Zach Evans. And that's basically when I told you guys, don't say a word. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think that was me. I, what I, let me tell you what I remember. And I could be wrong because I actually had to work today. Um, what I remember is we had a, we had a, a thread on our message board, which if you're not a member, you need to be, we had a thread on our message board that said rumors, and I was reading through it, and it's a rumor about TCU playing Alabama in Jerry World because, you know, USC is supposed to come to Jerry World and play Bama. We're supposed to go to Berkeley and play Cal. I'm not an insider. I guarantee you that game's not going to happen. Um, and they're like, hey, let's just get TCU and Alabama to play in Jerry World, and it was this long thread of rumors. And then, you know, the thread, like all things, just kind of came to an end or became a food fight or somebody was arguing about something, and then somebody said – well, speaking of rumors, I heard Zach Evans is going to commit to TCU. <laughs> and then, of course, the thing just started to spread. And then somebody created their own thread. And then there were multiple threads. And then when Jeremy doesn't respond, people take can only take that one of two ways. They're like, his silence speaks volumes. I think what I loved was it was it was Mother's Day, and you didn't say anything. And people were like, where's he at? And I'm like, well, you know, he might be keeping his, his wife happy, <laughs> you, know, to get, you know, spending time with his family. But that, that, that's how I remember it just began to metastasize across the message board was the rumor site for the Bama game, and then it became its own thread. And then finally last night you posted an article, isn't that right, Jeremy, about what I know about a certain five-star running back? Uh, yeah, I, I made a post on the, uh, on the board um, and kind of backtracking a little bit. When, when I'm looking through all those threads, because Saturday we had a – a whole, you know, my mother-in-law came over for Mother's Day and we spent time with her and, and uh, Sunday it was just really my wife and I hit the chore list and we started doing chores around the house. And usually I like to take Sundays off if not, nothing much is happening, but 
I finally took a break. I was uh, sitting on my patio and, and enjoying the day, thinking about if I want to jump in the pool or not because my body's sore. And I look at my phone and I'm starting to read, okay, what's, let me just double check, make sure there's no urgency on the board today. And I see that. And so I think I responded to maybe one very, very short answers. And I made a call and I said, there's smoke beginning to form. I could see it. It's, it's about to come out. So basically I, I, I talked to a few people and I'm, I'm told that it's, it's beginning to look like a very strong possibility. And I hang up the phone with them and probably about an hour later, I get a call and said, listen, Zach is, he's, he's signed his paperwork. He's signed his financial aid agreement. You cannot say a thing until he gets uh, in class tomorrow morning. And I know how all this works. It, it that, That's how it works. It's the same thing. Like, Back in the day, I made this post on the board. Back in the day before the early signing period, you'd have kids that were enrolling early, but they weren't signing NLIs in December. What they were signing were FAAs, which basically was a non-binding agreement, but it's an agreement saying, hey, you're going to get your room aboard paid for, blah, blah, blah. Then when you sign, you're officially a frog. But the FAA, when you sign that and when you go to class, you're officially part of that university, you're officially a student athlete. So that's why it was so important not to say anything last night about him signing his FAA, because like I said, that those things are about as worth as there, there, there's worth as the, I can't even talk around. I'm still nervous, man. They're not, very, they're, they're not, they're non-binding. There's worth as much as the paper they're written on. Okay. So it's, just very, very do not say, do not say a word tonight about it. So that's why I went on the board and I posted, there is, there is some interest. There's, I wanted to give enough nuggets for you guys to, to read them and, and understand that, Hey, there is a very strong mutual interest. But at that time I knew that he had signed his FAA and all he had to do was show up to class the next morning. But I didn't put that out there. I didn't put anything like that. I didn't, I didn't want to get those expectations out higher. And I didn't want people reading the board and taking it to Twitter. Jeremy Clark saying all he has to do is show up to class, this and that. I didn't mention any of that. But what I did do, I hung up the phone before I made that post. And I called you, Jeff. And I said, we're not doing the podcast tonight. It's it's not happening. We're not. There's going to be big news on Monday morning. Yeah, we were supposed to record the Frogcast last night. We had a whole set of things that we were going to talk about that obviously have kind of gone out the window. And so yesterday when you called me, I was in a meeting, an outdoor meeting um, with the Mid-South Food Pantry. Our church is going to be a, a mobile food pantry and you know provide food for hundreds of people and be able to, to care for folks during this this de- this difficult time, and you know it's it's kind of a big deal. Mid South Food Bank's got you know millions of dollars that they've been they've received in donations to be able to share with people in need, and it's kind of important that I pay attention in this meeting. And so when I look down and see that it's you, Colin, 
of course, that became the priority. So I stepped out and said, excuse me, I have a pastoral care emergency here. And I <laughs> answer the phone. And Jeremy's like, you, you can't say anything, but I, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> and so yeah. You said we can't record the fr- well, actually what you said was we can't record the frogcast tonight because it's going to be useless. We have to do it tomorrow night because I think it's going to happen. And uh, by golly, it did. And I'm glad that we waited a night. And it, in, in spite of can I can I throw somebody on Twitter under the bus from Twitter under the bus? Is that all right? It's not a 24 seven guy, is it? No, heavens. No, no. OK, OK. Who is the idiot in the admissions office that 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 they're great, this great commit. And, you know, I think that's kind of what you're not supposed to do when you work for admissions. So I don't know if that guy still has a job, but he goes out there last night and tweets it. And in some ways it became the, the internal confirmation of everything that you had been telling us for the last 24 hours and it was like, oh, this this is happening. But all it did was confirm what you said. He'd signed his financial agreement. But until you attend class, it's not locked in. Um, right. You just said don't don't do anything until he shows up for that class at nine o'clock. Yeah, I, I, I saw the tweet because believe it or not, I, I was getting screenshot. I, I was getting messages with that screenshot on it <laughs> every every five minutes, it seemed like. And. I'm getting messages from random people I've never even talked to on Twitter. Is this true? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm playing about as dumb as you can you can be. And I will say this. I will go on record. It was not me that informed any, any TCU associate that that tweet was out there. It was not me. I promise you 100% and people will come to my defense. I, I know for a fact it was not me. The good thing that he didn't do, at least he didn't name the kid's name. And I think it was an exciting time because here you are, you're working for TCU and you're working for the school and across your uh, desk comes the highest ranked kid they've ever signed. And it's, it's tough not to want to share that news. And, uh, uh, fortunately, you can't, for, the name. you can't use the name. A university official cannot speak about a player exactly until they are officially with yeah. the program, which he didn't. It, to, to his defense, he did not. All he said was TCU has signed their highest ranked player ever today or something. I, I don't even remember what the tweet said. You'd have to refresh my memory, but he never He's mentioned since. Yeah, he never he never mentioned Zach Zach by name. So. The funny part about it was that tweet wasn't up for very long, but all it took for our investigative reporters on Horn Frog Blitz was who that guy was. And then, of course, we have some some folks that have uh, their old emails or maybe their current students and they can look up the directory. And lo and behold, there's a Zachary Evans listed in the uh, student admission. So, uh, it man, I, I promise you, the last, from about – Oh, the time I made that post on Sunday afternoon till 930 this morning, I, I probably got a total of three hours of sleep. I did not sleep very much at all last night. I mean, it was just, I don't know if it was the anticipation of, of breaking the story and, and just really being happy to see everyone's reactions from the good, the bad, uh, I was, I was really, you know, to be honest with you, it was like a, a, a proud dad moment for, for TCU fans. And it sounds silly to say that, but 
the TCU fans have been the bridesmaids for five-star recruits in the past. Miles Garrett, Baron Browning. I mean, they've been in the running for a lot of these uh, highly ranked kids. Jonathan Gray. Jamar and, Chase. Jamar Chase. Exactly. So it was it was really cool to see everyone's reactions. And, and that was kind of what was keeping me up, too. I was thinking, man, TCU fans are going to lose their mind when they – read the story and it was it, it, it i think just the anticipation of all that happening kept me up all night but man telling you what just just uh crazy 24 hours it was a crazy 24 hours all right so that leads us into our kind of our next transition the frogs have zach evan he is the hay is in the barn all right let's talk about a couple of things of what that means let's look at Let's look at running backs. Where what? Let's look at the landscape of the backfield. The Frogs obviously have Barlow, have Foster, some new guys they signed. You know, obviously that they signed in the 2020 class. But Zach Evans, obviously, he doesn't get to go to the front of the line, but he gets to earn the right to go to the front of the line, and he has all the skills needed to do that. How does this shake up the running back room? And you know, I've, I've seen stupid people say, hey, we're already loaded at running back. Why would we take this kid? Is this not what big programs do? They get the best available kid and let the yeah. chips go where they may? It's kind of like the draft the other day or a few weeks ago when everyone's watching Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. And as their selection gets closer, guess who's on the board? C.D. Lamb. And every college football fan, every pro football fan knows how good C.D. Lamb is. Did the Cowboys necessarily need a receiver at the top of their board? No. But they took the best position available. And if you have a chance to land a five-star recruit, not to mention at one point he was the number one recruit in the nation, Jeff. Not the number one running back. The number one top overall recruit in the nation, and he's at TCU. Think about that for one second. TCU landed arguably the top-rated player in the country. I think, personally, if he didn't have – if he wasn't suspended for the state championship game and all the stuff didn't happen at the beginning of the season when he was suspended for a couple games and, and he didn't have all the whirlwind in, in his recruitment – I think he would have stayed in the top five. I really do. I think I think all those things really did affect his ranking because as a player, you can't argue with the talent that he has. He's six foot, two hundred, legit four or five. He ran a three nine shuttle, uh, electronic time. He's got tremendous strength. He's going to run you over. He's going to run away from you. He's very versatile. He can catch the ball. Uh, how's he going to How's he going to fit into uh, the running back position? Man, I, I'm telling you what, the, the running back position is extremely talented. I mean, the the way they've recruited the last two classes is just tremendous. I mean, you, you, you still have DeMarque Foster, who was a top 10 uh, running back last year uh, out of the 2019 class. Darwin Barlow, who should have been ranked higher, was another top 25 running back. And you got two very talented 2020 kids coming in. And, and let's not forget Amari DiMicardo. He's, a, he's, he's kind of the forgotten guy, but – he has made some plays in his TCU career, but I, I was asked this question a lot today on different shows I was on and, and, and how I feel that Zach's going to come in and make an impact. When I look at it from an athletic standpoint, and this is no offense to 
any of the current running backs that they have, Zach's going to be the most athletic of the bunch. He's going to, he has the perfect blend of, of size and speed. That's going to make him, uh, uh, it's going to make him stand out above the others. Now, how, how willing is TCU going to be to put a true freshman running back out there? I think pretty good because I don't think they would have spent the time and effort trying to get this kid if they didn't think he could make an immediate impact. And I, I believe Vibe did a story. Vibe Houston did a story, and, and he was quoted as saying, "I want to spend the next three years at TCU and then and, and be ready for the draft." So he's already telling you, my goal is to get on the field early and declare early because <laughs> I want to get to the NFL. So it, for me, it's going to be a, a, an interesting race, and and and. For the guys that were on the roster last year, Darwin and 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 uh, Demarque and Amari, they have a little bit of a of a lead against the the true freshmen just because they have that experience, they know the system better. But as far as actual game experience, it's wide open. I mean, it really, really is. None of them, none of them. You you can't say it about any of them uh, that have just head and shoulders game experience above the other because none of them do none of them have more than uh with exception of mari who's appeared in in i think four games last two years none of them have multiple game experience and so when you get the top rated kid in the country coming into your program uh, i I believe we're going to see zach evans getting plenty of carries this year yeah, I would not be su- be surprised to see him out there right away, right out of the gate. You don't bring a kid like that in so that he can quote earn his way up. Now he's got to earn it. Obviously, I'm not uh, I'm not saying hand it to him, but if he's the best, get him out there. Who cares what his status is? That's what other programs do, and this is part of what it means to um, compete at this at this level. All right, let's take a let's 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 veer into the dark side here a little bit. Obviously, the kids had some off the field issues. They didn't have anything to do with legal issues. They didn't have any issues with violence. They didn't have any. They didn't get caught with a gun. You know, he didn't get caught with drugs. But he did have some disciplinary issues that were handled internally by the staff at uh, at Galena North Shore. How does Coach Patterson differentiate between a kid that's a project, um, whether to take him or not? And do you anticipate? that belonging to TCU culture and getting into the program is going to help him or are they going to, are they going to kind of have a closer eye on him than they would other people? How short, how short and how long is his leash? And do you think that he is going to be mentally ready for a division one program? Yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to be mentally ready. Uh, and, and trust me when I say TCU did their due diligence in recruiting him, they know the backstory with him. They know everything that was involved. The kid was going through a very tough time. He lost his grandfather and, and if you ask anyone that's that's mourning the the loss of a, a close relative, especially someone that was as close as his grandfather, I mean, you're you're going to have some tough times. Uh, he's he's a good student. He was a three point one student. Obviously, he proved that by graduating early. And what people look at and and kind of label him as is, is is being a you know that I don't want to term use the term head case, but that's what's being thrown out by a lot of opposing fans and everything else. But I, I, I think the way his recruitment went has, has led people to believe Zach is someone that he's not. Uh, did he listen to the wrong people in the beginning? Absolutely. There's, there's been plenty of stories written about that and um, how 
really early on in the recruiting process and, the, and even really leading up to when he signed with Georgia, that that wasn't really Zach. And it, it was him getting advice um, from some people he thought was giving, giving him some good advice. But I, I, I do know this uh, in talking to some people, TCU is probably the best position for him to go to. I mean, he's, he's going to a coach that's known as a disciplinarian. Coach Patterson, if, you, if you've played for him and, and players will agree with me, if you're a four-star or, or a two-star, he's going to treat you the same way. Or a walk-on, he's going to treat you the same way. He's not going to give anyone uh, any, any different kind of treatment just because they're ranked higher. Um, he's like you said, Jeff, he's got to come in. Zach's got to come in and he's not going to be, be given the starting position. He's got to come in and earn it. And you got guys like Darwin Barlow and DeMarque, especially Darwin. That's Hey man, he's going to step up to the challenge. I mean, Darwin's a very good running back as well. So it, there's going to be a lot of eyebrow raises. There's going to be a lot of people saying he'll never play it down at TCU. He's going to play one year. Then he's going to enter the transfer portal. TCU knew all these things going in. They knew what people were saying, but how do you find out about a person? Do you listen to other people or do you find out for yourself? Uh, Jeff, I could tell you about a certain person and, and make you believe that he's a certain way. And then when you meet him face to face, you're going to say that dude's nothing like Jeremy told me he was And and that's what TCU had to see for themselves. And really that transpired over the time that they were recruiting him. Um, knowing that he went through a, a troubled time when his grandfather passed, knowing that the recruitment with him really wasn't what he was wanting to do and knowing that he wants to come in, put his head down and get to work and he's going to be a good student. And I, I think, uh, you know, when I, I never personally interviewed him because I never, he TCU really never stood a chance for him. But when I saw him, interacting with other recruits or other media members at different camps. He was, was always very polite, very good in interviews, good interview kid. And it, it's just, I think people are going to be doubting him. And I think TCU, what are they known for proving them wrong? Go in, you have a chip on your shoulder. I, I'm not going to sit here and say a five-star has a chip on their shoulder because he's obviously very good, but he does have a chip on his shoulder because he has a lot to prove. He wants to prove people wrong. And and I think TCU really sold that to him. And TCU is a small school. Uh, it's a small community. It's a close community. You're not going into a situation where you're with 40 to 50,000 students. Yeah, you may not play in front of 80, 90, 100,000 fans, but guess what? TCU is going to prepare you. What do you want to do, Zach? You, oh, you want to go to the NFL? Well, let us tell you something. We just had two first-rounders selected. We just had the most picks in the Big 12. We just had the most picks uh, out of any program in Texas, including Texas A&M and the flagship school down in Austin. And people think we're still a bad program. And Zach saw through that, and and, and he decided, you know what, TCU is probably the place I need to be. So that's where I, why he uh, decided to go there. Yeah, there's no mistaking. This is a big get for the Frogs. And this is kind of what I wanted to end up, in, you know, in, wrap up the Zach Evans discussion about. How does this change? How does this potentially have a chance to change recruiting? Now, granted, he's been committed here, what is it, for uh, 12 hours. 
or short of 12 hours. So I, I need a full, uh, need a thorough breakdown of how this changes the landscape of recruitment <laughs> and every recruit now that you've talked to in their, their response. But all right, what, what could this potentially do? Like you said, the frogs have been the bridesmaid many, many times. And I wanted to cry as you walk down those lanes. I'm going to, I'm going to bring back up Anthony Hines as well. It's another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of got left at the altar. Uh, where, you know, what, what's the, what was the kid out, uh, out of Louisiana? Billings. Oh, Andrew uh, Billings. Who's the kid out that went to Alabama that plays slot? That was, uh, I can't remember his name. I don't oh, know. I know, here. I know who you're talking about. I know. Jeremiah I remembers his name. Oh, yeah. Uh, Slate. Is it Slate? Slade, Slade Bolton. Slade Bolton. Slade yeah. Bolton. Yeah. I'd give anything to have Slate Bolton on this team. But anyway, that's another, uh, yet another guy. We were in the final two and big shock. We lost to Alabama. But they landed, they landed Zach Evans. What could this potentially do for recruiting going forward with 2021, 2022? Does this give kids permission to consider TCU? Because what you've said, and I, I know Jeremiah uh, Glenn posted this in a, in, in a, just a post that he made, four out of the, and you said it too as well, four out of the 10 highest rated players to ever be at TCU are on the, on the roster right now or in this recruiting class. Is that right? Yeah, yeah this recruiting class, four of the, the highest rated players – TCU has ever signed uh, came from the 2020 class. And I think Jeremiah said that uh, 22 of the highest rated kids to ever sign with TCU are on the roster right now. Oh, so, yeah, I'd have to go back and look at that. I, I, but I think that's, that's along the general lines, but it, it's tough to tell. I mean, I, people are already asking me how it's going to affect. And like you said, Jeff, it's only, it's only been what, you know, almost 12 hours, you're not going to see that. I'm, I'm not picking up the phone and calling every four or five star recruit saying, Hey, did you see TC land and Zach Evans? What do you think about that? But I do know that it will open some eyes. It really will. And, and we get caught in saying that uh, when they land a high, a high profile kid with, you know, they did it with Justin Rogers. Sean Robinson was the same way. And you look back at Justin Rogers class 2018 and we had high expectations when they landed him. And just imagine if they do land a kid like Jamar Chase or Terrace Marshall. Both both of them were very high on TCU, but they they didn't land those kids, and they still ended up with a very highly ranked class. When you when you get these type of players, no matter what, it's it's going to open other people's eyes. It's going to make it. Everyone says TCU doesn't get these type of kids. They're not gonna they're not gonna get the high profile kids. Well, now they can't say that. Now TCU can go back and say, listen, we just landed by what many believe to be one of the top players in the country, if not the top player in the country. He's come to little old TCU. It's okay. If you like TCU, don't listen to the outsiders. Don't listen to the people that tell you you can't go to TCU if you want to get your name out there. It's, it, they, they've proven it time and time and time again that they develop players. They send players to the league. They compete for Big 12 championships. Have they had a couple of down years? Absolutely. But you still can't take away the fact that 2014, 2015, 2017, they were competing for Big 12 championships. So they, they've got all the things necessary to – make TCU look great in recruits' eyes. But for some of those kids, they just didn't see TCU as being a bright light program. But now that you have one of these kids 
that is the five star, that is the top ranked kid, and he's going to TCU. It it may not seem like it to the general recruiting fan that they they it won't have an effect, but it will. And I don't know if it's going to come in the form of the of twenty twenty one recruits. I I personally believe it will it will come for the twenty twenty two class. But it wouldn't surprise me if some of these kids look at look at uh, Zach Evans committing. I'm not saying there's a five star out there right now for the 2021 class, but there's some really good, really good 2022 kids that are very, very high on TCU right now. They were high on TCU before this before this edition, and it's gonna it's it's gonna look even better to them. I I would not be surprised in the least if you start to see more commitments coming from four-star recruits, not just the the three-star recruits that TC generally uh, usually gets. And I'm not knocking those three-star recruits. Please, please don't get me wrong. Cause some of these guys are underrated in the beginning and, and they turn out to be really, really good players, but you're, you're going to start to see more high profile kids coming to TCU. You are going to see more high profile kids coming to TCU. That is a great line to wrap up on for the Zach Evans episode. So to, to wrap things up, let's kind of take a stroll down memory lane. Uh, Jeremy said, you said you were digging around in your garage and found something that you thought would be of great interest to, to frog fans. So why don't, why don't you take us a minute and uh, take a minute and walk us through what it was that you stumbled on. And uh, aren't you glad you didn't, your, your wife didn't throw it out when you weren't looking a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. These, we were cleaning out the garage. We were doing one of the, the honeydew chores this weekend. And we, we have a lot of boxes. I mean, if you're listening, you probably have a lot of boxes in your garage. And I don't know if you have any records or anything um, that you're trying to keep safe in those boxes, but I decided to dig through some of these boxes uh, while we're cleaning out. And when I first started riding uh, with rivals back in 05, I had this habit and I, and I still don't know why I did it, but I always had this habit of printing out my stories. Maybe it was to critique writing. Maybe it was just, Hey, I don't know what I'll be doing in, you know, 10, 20 years from now. It'd be pretty cool to hang on to it. But I found one of my infamous practice reports from March 25th, 2005, uh, from, from spring practice. And I think this might've been the one that got me kicked out the next day. Uh, it's, it's fun to look back and, and read over those things and to see some of the, <laughs> the things I was, uh, critiquing back 15 years ago are still some of the same problems to this day with the program. Um, but I I'm telling you what, if, if I asked you Jeff and, and Daniel, if I asked you to guess who the starting the, the top four quarterbacks were uh, during this particular spring practice now, mind you, it's, it's not during the season, but this is March 25th, the top four quarterbacks getting reps. Who would you guess? I'm my, The only two guesses I have are Ty Gunn, just because I know he, he led the team to victory in Oklahoma, at Oklahoma to open that season. And then the only other guy I remember is obviously Jeff Ballard. So I would have Ty Gunn number one, Jeff Ballard number two. Am, am I close? Ty Gunn was number one. Ty Gunn was number one. Do you remember the name Chad Huffman? Y- yes. <laughs> he was the backup. He was the backup. 
And you'll never guess who the third string quarterback was. I could probably give you 15 guesses. You wouldn't get it. Uh, the only, you know, you're starting to get into a lot. You're, you're going way back. Those seasons start to bleed together. I mean, it's not Heisman Trophy candidate Sean Stilley. He was gone by then. Um, I, I don't know. I No, I can't guess. Kyle Coomer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do y'all remember that guy? I remember him. He was a walk-on. And he, I think he played against Army one game. I think he did too. I think he played. Didn't he? Didn't he play in the t- 2004 game at West Point? I think he did. I just remember Chad McCarty caught a touchdown in that game, if I remember right. Like I said, that was a long time. That was 16 years ago. I'm thinking back to 15 years ago for this practice report. All right, who else you got on that list? Fourth string was James Battle, the highly touted uh, oh. James Battle. Speaking of uh, recruiting in busts, uh, moving on. <laughs> well, what's funny is uh, you mentioned Jeff Ballard, and Gary always jokes around with us that Jeff Jeff was so far down the depth chart that he wasn't even he he was such a bad practice player. But then when people started getting hurt, he had to play. And this is this is proof. And and, and I'll take a picture of it. I I put a stinking drink on it earlier and it, it made the front page a little wet and it's kind of blurry now, but you can still read it. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet a picture about it and, and, uh, prove to you guys that this, this does exist. And the, the practice reports that used to be pretty heavy. This was, this was a four page printout. So I can't even imagine how many words it is. Um, I would probably have to scan it and just, switch it to uh, Microsoft Word and, and try to figure out how many words. But do you, you want to know the other thing that was, was pretty funny in my uh, evaluation of practice that day? And this oh, is, this is going to make some people laugh. You, you told me what it was, and I died laughing. I Go ahead and say it. Okay, so other than the, the, the big questions, I always, always tell you guys leading up to spring, the big questions heading into spring ball is who's going to play quarterback? Who's going to play left tackle? So, among other things, the main thing I've, I remembered from that day, and this is a title of uh, one of the things I, I looked at, what happened to the receiver's hands? And, oh. my, and, and, and my description, the receivers had one of their worst days I can remember early on when it seemed like everyone was dropping a ball. The throws were on the mark most of the time. Maybe they're just knocking off the rust from not practicing for a week. Does that sound familiar to you at all? That sounds like 2018, 19. Yeah, yeah, that sounds very familiar. 16, 18, 19. Uh, it's kind of a feature story. You should just cut and paste that. Yeah, this might get me thrown out of practice again, though, if I if I put this out here like that. But, I, I mean, it, it, it was fun looking back because I, I look back at it and think, man, it's been 15 years other names, here's here's D-line. You want to know who the, the two starting defensive tackles were? Who's that? You remember the name Jared Kessler? I do not. Alito. Daniel, there you go. Daniel, there he goes. Daniel, Daniel remembered. Starting next to Jared Kessler was one Zarnell Fitch. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah. That's my description right. of Zarnell, and he'd probably kill me if I said this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> disappointing year last year looks to have turned corner with impressive plays. And so I'm, I'm basically going up and down 
position by position, depth chart and everything, and analyzing all these all these players. Defensive end, Tommy Blake. Oh. Linebacker. We talked we talked about linebackers before in, in what year had the best linebackers. This group had Robert Hansen and David Hawthorne as the starters. Couple of headhunters right there. Yeah. Here's a, here's another name from the secondary, Jeremy Motkins. Oh. I said this about – I think Motkins is the leader of the defense. He does a good job of calling the coverage and directing other players. I think a potential all-conference award is in his future. And he did go on to uh, earn all-conference honors. So, I was a prophet in that analysis. But, man, it, it's it's so funny. Remember the name Otis McDaniel? Do you all remember that? Yes, name? I do. First kid to ever announce his commitment at the Army All-American Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Don, Donald Massey, Drew Coleman, Eric Buchanan, who's now on staff. I mean, it's just it's just crazy uh, looking back at this 15 years ago and seeing some of these names. And I'm I'm reminiscing because it was it was a fun time where I got to go out there and just sit there with a notepad and a and a pen or pencil and just jot down notes and and everything else. And it, it obviously isn't like that anymore because. A, they're no longer in the Mountain West, and, and and B, I learned my lesson from getting kicked out of practice after this report. So, just you a know, trip down memory lane for you boys. You know who my favorite player on that 2005 team was? Who was that? Marvin White. Marvin White. Let's see. He wouldn't. I don't. He was at Kilgore, and I don't know that he got there until the summer. Yeah, I'm trying to find where Mar- he might have been missing practice that day, but yeah, I, I had uh, I had Jay Mod, I had Brian Bonner, Quincy Butler, Drew Coleman. What's funny is Drew Coleman, college coach; Quincy Butler, college coach; Jeremy Modkins, college coach; Eric Buchanan, college coach. So all five, ex- with the exception of Brian, are now coaching college right now. That says something. Can I read to you from Marvin White's Wikipedia page? Sure. His intense style of play and tenacious hitting, coupled with being a native of Louisiana, has earned him the nickname of Gator by teammates and fans. His most memorable moment at TCU will undoubtedly be what became known as the Great White Hit. In the fourth quarter of a home game against Texas Tech, White hit uh, Red Raiders receiver Robert Johnson so hard. It was a clean hit, by the way. So hard that his helmet came off and Johnson was removed from the game due to injury. The hit caused announcer Glenn uh, Parker to describe White as the following. He has a suddenness about him and a violence within him. Wow. (laughs) That's why I I love Marvin White. I could watch. You can find a grainy uh, YouTube of that hit against Tech. That was 06. That was the next year. That is one of my favorite moments ever. Can we put Daniel on the spot and see if he has that cut from uh, Coach Patterson after that game? How they won? Uh, I don't have anything like that. Not on the same platform. Yeah. Beat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> People kept asking me all week, how are you going to shut him down? Speed, you just saw it. Speed, baby. Everybody <laughs> wants to talk about the Big 12. Well, we're not in the Big 12. We're a bunch, just a Texas team with a bunch of Texas kids. Hey, you've memorized that, haven't you? I, I have watched. That was a great moment because, well, I, I mean, I'm going to go down memory lane. That was the second half of a home and home from that 2000 and 
four game where I woke up at four in the morning to drive all the way to Lubbock. And the, the Frogs were up 21 nothing, and then they end up losing 70 to 35. You know who the quarterback was in that game for Tech? Sonny Cumbie. Sonny Cumbie. And that was, oh, that was a rough game. And that that haunted Patterson. He came back, shut him down. In, a, in the kind of games you know he just loved, 12 to 3 to beat Tech at home. Yep. And I can remember years later, like, you know, 2015. I think it was after 2015 when we had the, the game where Aaron Brown caught the tip pass, where I posted that video and I said, attention Tech fans, Johnson has finally stood up. You can take your guns down now. <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was awesome those I've, are some I've, fun times man i've got to go back i don't think this was the practice i got kicked out of because i'm reading through some of the things and and my first practice that got me kicked out i was basically blasting uh offensive players and defensive players so let's just say uh drew coleman got beat by otis mcdaniel basically my description was otis mcdaniel ran right by drew coleman and hauled in a 40-yard pass on a vertical route and this one's for March 25th. So I think this was after I got kicked out and I returned to practice. So I dialed down my uh, descriptions a little a little bit. So, And you ever want to know why practice is closed, just go back to this article. <laughs> it might be from it, – it definitely was from the time I got kicked out. But I don't, I don't think this article was too bad. I didn't say too much. I did, I did give the, uh, the starting defense, Kessler, Fitch, Blake, Norris Ray – Robert Henson, David Hawthorne, Buchanan, Modkins, Bonner, Quincy Butler, and Drew Coleman. So I don't know where Marvin was that day. Maybe he maybe he was not uh, working with the ones just yet, but he ended up being very good. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, after that stroll down Amnesia Lane, let's uh, bring this show to an end. Man, if you've listened this whole time, 57 minutes right now, we want to thank you for listening to the Frogcast. Ah, uh, man, when we put this on the calendar a couple days ago, we did not think this is what we'd be talking about. But my goodness, I'm so glad that you called me and postponed it with the news that you did and that the Frogs have landed five-star running back Zach Evans. So until we get back together, and maybe we'll have another five-star commit that we can talk about, until we get back together here on the Frogcast, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen. If you haven't yet, now is a great time so you can find out all the good stuff that's going on on TCU Recruiting. Go join Horn Frog Blitz right now. We are proud to be part of TCU 24-7 Sports. It's a great network. Not only Jeremy, best in the business, I might add, so many national articles, local guy like Gabe um, Gabe that gets in there and lets us know what's going on with guys in the state of Texas with his evaluations. We mentioned Chris Hummer. He's got a national perspective that is helpful for when you land national recruits. Go join our website, hornfrogblitz.com, and you will be glad you did. Also, if you haven't yet, give us a rating or review on iTunes. We'd love for you to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way for that show to drop right into your podcast an app of choice. It'll be in your feed probably about an hour from now. So we'll get this posted tonight give you all a chance to listen to this tonight or tomorrow. So until we come back together for Jeremy Clark and for Daniel Southern, I'm Jeff Mitchell, and thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast.